you know, I, I, I was legitimately trying to think of a of a really dumb bit to start this show off, but then all of them would either make me look like I was racist or an idiot. So I'm just gonna not do a bit. Hey, oh, everybody, uh, this is what? greatest show huh? ever. Huh? I know, right? Nailing it from the jump. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your faves. I'm your host, Brandon Beck. I'm your other host, Bess Corzato, who's never been this happy in her fucking life. I couldn't even get him to not do bits at our wedding. And our guest today is Sam Weller, who's here to talk about anime. Hi, Sam. Woohoo! You guys ready for anime? <laughs> Are you ready for some cartoons? <laughs> A whole new genre? Uh, Sam is the creator of Super Dating Simulator, which is one of the best uh, live shows in Los Angeles right now. It's an interactive visual novel that is hilarious and smart and funny. Um, yeah, Sam, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much uh, for that intro. Yeah, we um, we we've been doing our thing live for almost two years and. Uh, with the exception of some interruptions that I think everybody in live comedy is going through, uh, I, I think we've been pretty successful. And uh, in fact, um, Brandon, you and I have collaborated together on stage uh, fairly recently. We have, yeah. Yeah, For uh, there's a big show we do at the theater every year called Janiversary, which is sort of our big like inside joke, you know, celebrate ourselves show every year. And this year's was a, a musical show, and I was one of the producers, and I... Uh, once I found out Super Dating Simulator was going to do the show, I was so fucking stoked to uh, put together an arrangement of this song they had written for an episode called Pop Miracle Space Savior, which is a jam. And uh, we did it with the full band, and uh, you and uh, Tara Erickson, who was uh, singing as well, sounded fucking awesome. It was definitely the uh, the I, I would say it was super it was indulgent. Yeah, thank you. I, I it think was it was I watched it. I wasn't a part of. It. I'm the only one here who wasn't part of it. I watched it. It was like <laughs> it, it closed the show, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was fucking great. One and then I know it was one. Of, I I actually did see that um, show as well the first time. I happened to see that one as well. <laughs> it was a really good one. An interactive visual novel is kind of a great way to to put it in a really nerdy sense. If people know what visual novels are, we we always like to call it um a uh, interactive comedy experience. Uh, 
<laughs> mainly because we, we, every show is like a little bit different, though it follows the same format. Audience gets to choose things. It's based on anime and video games and and uh, different influences. And Sarah Brown and Reed Seitz, who are the show producers, um, they uh, they've also written a number of shows at this point and are going to be doing more in the future. So thank you, thank you for touting that. Uh, we're we're always excited to bring it to folks. Yeah. yeah, you guys uh, are right before us on Friday nights, uh, right before Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour, and it's it's a really good little pairing of shows for you know once the apocalypse for is over, the future. Uh, but for right now, we have to talk really briefly about a thing we're into this week. Yeah, I guess we do. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait. The, uh, there, I never. Here's the thing, Sam. There I've was such red. There was such reticence, and uh... because we we made this we made this show and we made this a part of this show, and when we tape the show weekly, I'm never prepared, and when we do backlogs to build the catalog like we're doing this week, I'm extra unprepared. Yeah, this is our like sixth show in four days. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I'm just, you know, the the sloppy six, as it were. No, know? no, no. Just for the, this particular segment, I'm all I I'm not prepared when I only have to come up with one thing. Um, That's really funny. It's kind of a <laughs> okay. running problem. I got one. Okay. I, I got one. Kick it off. Uh, th- this week I'm particularly into. There's a pedal man, uh, guitar pedal manufacturing company called JHS Pedals uh, that makes some really good, uh, really like affordably priced stuff. Uh, if you're not a guitar pedal nerd, uh, this is going to be meaningless to you. But um, I just bought their JHS Bonsai, which is nine, count them, nine tube screamers in one box. Uh, which goes well with the other tube screamer I already have, um, and the, like the work that this guy, I think his name is Josh, does is really really solid, and he has a uh, YouTube channel uh, where they do a thing called the JHS Show, which is just like every week he'll do like very deep dives on like a weird series of Japanese pedals mm. from the eighties or like a one-off series of loopers that somebody did. Um, and they're really fascinating and kind of how I learned about uh, guitar effects as an adult. Cause I had had guitar yeah. stuff when I was a teenager, but then like didn't really fuck with my, with pedals for like 15 years. I got a question um, as a neophyte. Yeah, go right is ahead. Is that okay? I just jump in. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> double click to jump in. So, um, when you use these pedals, like I, I, when I used to play in a band in high school. I was always on keys and 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 vocals. Um, and can you get the effects of like these nine <laughs> screamer tubes? Like, if you're wearing headphones, or is it only something that you can feel the effect if you had like a kick-ass amp in there? Like, you know, is this something that just goes into your computer when you're playing and recording yourself? Like, that's that's a oh, super like dummy are... question, but. No, that's a that's a a really good question. Yeah, yeah. These are these are just like your straight up into the amp pedals. I could run them straight into my little like preamp that I use, like to record vocals, like I am right now. But for the most part, it's it's a it's a live rig because it's like where I do 
the majority of my work where I need guitar pedals. Gotcha. But he um, does also have and the like ability to able... plug the amp into the computer and record himself. Mm. Yeah, with which the is effects, super with the helpful. effects on it. Um, but like with the like with the green box, for example, you you would know if I just went around the dial and switched from you know the TS8 to the TS9 to the Keeley mod to you know whatever. Oh, uh, of course like, I know. I'd know. Well, I would <laughs> know it. I okay. know it fucking first glance. <laughs> you are you you are you are your middle name is Keeley mod. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, like you'd be able to. You wouldn't. Uh, you probably wouldn't know like what they were, but you'd be able to tell the difference. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 and it's just become a, a new sort of world to uh, get like nerdily obsessive about. Well, maybe we'll do an episode on it one day, and I'll just kind of sit there. We shouldn't, <laughs> but we can't. We could. <laughs> Don't sit on your hands. Stomp these pedals. Let's, yeah, there you go. Let's get let's get playing. Let's get jamming. Uh, 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 Brandon, as a guitarist, yes. Uh, what adjectives do you use when you talk about amps in the same way that you know when chefs make food and they go, "Oh, you really taste the crunch. It's bitey. It's acidic. It's savory. Like, is this crunchy? Is this gnarly? Does this weirdly uh, they do say crunchy? They do yeah, say crunchy, is, right? They, they do say crunchy. It kind of depends. Like the amp I I'm playing out of right now. Honestly, the best adjective for it is light, because um, it's a it's a recreation of these Fender amps that generally weigh about eighty pounds. <laughs> um, the pedals weigh this, eighty pounds. No, uh, the the, amp. no, like like the amp. Ah, uh, God, that would be insane though. An eighty pound guitar pedal. It probably hey, you know exists. What? A computer used to weigh a ton. So that's true. I miss um, the days when a computer was also a room. I'm just yeah. over here googling. Not googling. I'm looking at our calendar to see when this comes out compared to the last time I said Ducktales to see if I can just say Ducktales again. Just say Ducktales again. We're, just say we're the word Ducktales. Just say Ducktales again. Just just do Ducktales again. It'll be seven weeks. It'll have been seven weeks since I last said Ducktales. Uh, actually, yeah. no. I did think of one, but then I forgot it because you were talking about guitar pedals for a really long time, so I wasn't listening. <laughs> so I blacked out. Oh, good. I, I helped. blacked out. Now I came back. <laughs> Shit, what was it? I thought of one. Mm-hmm. Was it I've been really into just listening to French hip-hop lately. I've been kind of into that. I have no knowledge on the subject, and I can't recommend anything, but I've just been listening to, like, French hip-hop stations on Spotify as, like, background noise, and it's fucking great. <laughs> there you go. That wasn't it, but that's the thing I'm into this week. Oh, French hip-hop. That, yeah. That sounds, that sounds très bien. I guess, and maybe that's a word they say in there because I know no French. I don't Zero know. French. There's there has to be a guy whose name is Trey Bien, right? Oh, yeah. for sure, and he DJs in Miami for sure. Sam, do you have anything you're into this week? Yes, I am. Um, the thing that I'm into, and my wife uh, Emily and I especially are into, is the uh, reality show that I think fairly recently dropped on Netflix. Um, and this is the only time I'll ask, is it okay to date myself with any of my references? Or should we, oh, yeah. Yeah, should we lean towards the evergreen pastures? Oh, no. Uh, nah. Okay, the so. The timeline of when these are recorded compared to when they come out is wild. It's the Wild West, and uh, we don't even know. So yeah. <laughs> we're well, not just like, just like the labyrinthine timeline of some of the anime we're going to get into later. That's a tease. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your all's mind. Too hot to handle on Netflix is it keeps okay. showing up in my header and I haven't figured out what it is yet. It looks like the schlockiest trash, which it doesn't like go to any lengths to prove otherwise as you're watching <laughs> this show. Uh, but what is most intriguing is that um, the basic concept is hot people island reality show they're they're primed like and and i'm guessing we can be as lewd as we want to on this on this oh, yeah. podcast but they're they're ready to fuck you know they're yeah. just here to fuck oh yeah boys girls it doesn't get cool in the sense that like it's not like the guys are by or the girls are by i think there's one uh uh lesbian gal on the show but it doesn't they don't really make it super obvi until kind they of the all end. their their main thesis is everyone's horny Everyone's horny. So at least everybody's horny and and female horniness and male horniness is treated very equally, which is which is nice. But the funny thing is that the conceit of the show is that, you know, the people are going to win a a prize of money at the end. But money is deducted from the potential prize pool every time they engage in sexual activity. So, whoa. So the challenge is the challenge is literally like have these hot insanely horny on main 20 year olds uh like not do it and then with the with the promise that one or maybe two (laughs) will like win money at the end there's two key things to this show that make it really watchable one the reality show competition conceit of like losing the money and everything and then like their purpose like you're here to learn how to really connect with people without being physical it's so nebulously like executed that you're just watching hot people go yeah i think about things deep and then there's a long pause (laughs) and nothing else comes out of their mouths and then just cut to the next scene like it's it's that it's that level of almost self-parody but then the other thing that makes it great is like you actually see people do stuff that is like liberating for them. And my wife keeps leading over to me. It's like, Sam, you have to understand that not everybody grew up as a Catholic doing theater in the Midwest. You know, your mom always <laughs> told you your emotions are important and your religion told you think about your morals at all times or you'll burn in hell and then theater taught you it's time to love. Let's do Jesus Christ superstar for the third time this month. And, uh, <laughs> And and so these are people that don't have an interiority. They don't have an awareness. They don't have any of that. And and you legit get to see these folks that seem so one dimensional, at least like attempt it in like a very like live journal. Like, man, I saw somebody on the street today and it just got me thinking about my own life. Like it's that it's that level of like kiddie pool psychology. But it but it's it's a really light, uh, joyous watch in any state of mind or with any nice. substance by your side. So All right. I'd, re- I'd recommend, I'd recommend that for like a nice little escape. Cause cause ultimately it's fairly, uh, it's, it's incredibly harmless, but it's, a, it's, it's fun. Sure. Yeah. And the narrator's nice. really funny. And the the editing's you know clippy enough like it, it's 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 hitting all the little buttons you want it to push. Yeah, right? that's all right. Well, actually, we we taped it earlier today, and it will when this. Uh, comes out have been our episode the previous week all about uh why reality tv is great uh through the lens of 90 day fiance with erica curry so oh my god 90 day i i in my friend group that had a devoted following and it's 
I, I find that stuff like painful to watch. Like there, <laughs> so I, does Brandon. I, and we talked about it. Yeah. Brandon, what's so painful about it to you? Cause I want to hear from you. I, buddy. I don't, I don't know. It, a lot of those shows, at least the most like cynical ones, uh, they just feel like an exchange like of human misery. Yeah. Stupid people or mean people like, or both. You know, and like, I, I don't know. And the way, just knowing that it's all edited so heavily, it was kind of like with wrestling. We're just like knowing it was fake, sort of put up yeah. a, like a weird barrier that was really hard to get past. Yes. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's basically it. it to me, it. to me, it's just like, you see people that are seemingly very innocent and that's the part that bugs me. But then ultimately like, kind of like every party involved is like a little trashy or a little desperate or a little oh yeah yeah and so i don't mind mean people getting dunked on but when i see people that are like misguided or manipulative or like getting into Just a situation naive. where it's like man they don't even see the train running straight toward them and and that that's the cringe it's cringe gets used in ways that i think are usually leveled to be offensive but I felt cringe. Because oh no! I, it's like you know. you know what you know what the number one show that makes me like super cringe and I can't watch. It's The Office. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I don't like watching things that make me uncomfortable on purpose. Yeah, The British Office is more intense in that regard. And oh I, god! Yeah. I, uh, I, I bounced that one at all. I bounced off that so fast, and somebody's like, "Oh, if you think The Office is funny, which I do, I think it's funny because uh, they're they're playing more." bigger characters but the british version is like it just plums the depths and the only time that i was able to get into that kind of stuff was a peep show peep show to me was like a good british like exploration of social niceties gone awry you know yeah Yeah, totally well i'm sure i'm gonna get you know all kinds of comments about me saying i don't like watching the office and somebody else can come on and defend it because today we're here to talk about anime oh boy Oh boy. Where where would you like us to begin? Take us on your journey. Take us on your journey. So (laughs) I mean, one thing I can say is that like, this is definitely like a safe space for uh, defending animation as an art form. Uh, And it's anime in particular is one of those things that feels, I think to, to me personally, and I'm actually very much also a pretty into the like quote-unquote nerd world in that I work in comics and so I work with a lot of art pretty regularly but it just feels real in the same way that a lot of people say to me that getting into comics feels really daunting to me getting into anime feels really daunting because on top of the fact that there's so much out there which means that you know it's a medium not a genre so I don't know exactly where to look for the genres I like within right. this medium. And on top of that, I feel like there's also this cultural barrier of what am I, maybe I have, I picked wrong or did I miss something? And it just feels really intimidating. <laughs> Brandon, what about, what about you? Where, where's your level set? Um, I am, I would say I casually dabble. I've seen like, <laughs> As he as he folds his doily exactly four times <laughs> before yeah. I casually I dabble in the yeah. animated May. I mean, to be clear, I've definitely seen some. Um, I we I've watched all of Cowboy Bebop, um, which like everybody has. Uh, what else advice? Um, 
there's some on anime there's some uh on netflix that i've i've seen parts of like i'm happy to dabble in it i watched all of yuri on ice because i'm gay trash um and oh did you watch uh, a, a swim the swim one uh free i did not watch this one one actually you free know is super light emily of? couldn't get into it because it's very slice of lifey but it's yeah. just as gay and it's wonderful there, there was one I watched a little bit of called Kids on the Slope, yes. which was Yuri on Ice, but uh, with jazz. And it started off hella gay and then wasn't very gay after that. Well, uh, I, But only, it's still very good. The only anime I've actually seen a lot of, because I'm a very specific kind of trash, is that I have watched almost all of the like fucking enormous number of episodes of Fairy Tale. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, I we got to talk about that later. Because that <laughs> fairy tale, fairy tales is a show that like I I I get it, but I just can't see past the fact that it's just like the pastiche of every shonen anime trope, and yet somehow the shambling thing that it is works. And it's yeah, and it's it's, it's, it's wild. not it's not my jam, but it's wild in that in a world in which we already have One Piece that fairy tale continues to exist. Does that make sense? Yeah, like that does make sense. Okay. I it was one of the first manga I read. Um oh, okay, I had cool. a few volumes of it and I got it like from the library and so I've seen most I actually still go back to it ever so often. I've been like slowly working through it over like three years because there's so much of it. Yeah. And like one battle will last like seven episodes. Um well, it's 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 an it's a classic adventure show. They don't do anything, you know, inoffensive. It's got some fan service and like every single character archetype you want in a show like that is all there. It's yeah, like so it's fine like, and I'll I'll yeah. watch them for a period of time and I think I've got like a season and a half left. <laughs> well, I I appreciate you guys level setting. If if you don't mind, I'll 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 set this I'll set this bad boy up. So, Hell oh, yeah. real re- real real quick before you go, the the last thing I have seen is I watched all of Evangelion at way too young an age. <laughs> so you watched the original English dub with like yeah. Spike Spencer and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in like 5th grade. 5th <laughs> grade? Are we gonna? Uh, I forget. I I forget. There's probably gonna be a bit of a of an age differential, or maybe not. I forget. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any of us out ourselves. But I'll uh, out we myself. don't care. We're we're yeah. both early thirties. Okay, we're like thirty one yeah. and thirty two. <laughs> okay, I'm just a little bit older than y'all. I'm thirty four. So yeah. Okay. So it's it's okay. of an age. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. he was young when he saw Evangel. You no, know, you were watching Lupin recently too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll defo jam on some Lupin. Uh, <laughs> the Miyazaki Lupin movie is uh, wild. Yeah, I watched that in. Uh, I watched that with my dad for a little bit until my dad went to bed. But like, I remember him going, "Oh, what are you watching?" And he watched a little bit of it, and he wasn't like usually when I'm watching anime in front of my family, they're just like, "Sam, like, <laughs> what's going on?" <laughs> yeah. But like I don't force That's it on him. That's why you are who this show can is I, for. <laughs> can I say this? Is that maybe this is a good anecdote to kick this off? So one Christmas, when I was uh, in high school, and I asked my mom for like, you know, you ask the parents for like the DVDs you want, you know, and then they, mm-hmm. they go to oh, they go yeah. to Suncoast or, or Sam Goody, and they wrap go them up. Media and play. Then, yeah, and then you get excited because you're like, look at my new DVDs, and uh, uh, one of them was. I requested the movie Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, which was a 
uh, sequel to the old anime classic. It's classic in quotes because if you go back and watch the old one, it it's got pacing issues out the yin yang. But you can see like to an audience uninitiated with like any kind of maturity in cartoons, you'd watch it and your mind would be blown. You'd be like, this is like a post-apocalyptic future punk half vampire blade motherfucker that's like killing other demons that and everything looks gothic Shit. but they all have technology like that's cool like and ah, so vampire so hadn't vampire, played castlevania yet yeah exactly and <laughs> we haven't had the castlevania anime series on netflix we don't get I've any affiliate seen money that. it's great uh i have only seen season one and i i i can't wait to get back into yeah. season two i watched but, uh, season one anyway i've heard later. season three is very horny I can't yeah, wait for fair. it. No, I I think I've seen a scene out of it that establishes the horniness and the strong buy energy, which is great. Um, mm. Oh, also, anytime I, I bring up any of like, we've already said it, like that shows gay or that shows bi. It's like in the same way that uh, when you look at fiction and it's like, well, through a lens like this, like we're not saying that that text, that that subtext is text usually, yeah. especially in anime. Sure. They always skirt around it. Anyway, back to my anecdote really fast. So I requested Vampire D Bloodlust. <laughs> and so when, my, when I unwrapped it, I was like, oh, awesome. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Dad, or whatever. And then um, my parents, and they did this like a couple years before when I asked like Dragon Ball Z. And they're like, well, put it on. Let's watch it. You know, <laughs> like at least with <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, it's like, okay, punching. And like they kind of got bored. But with this, and I was like, are you sure? And like, it's, we're all in like the pajamas. We've got the eggnog going, drinking coffee. We're, we're, we're walking amongst the scraps of Christmas. Like everything's it's lit. like eight forty-five. Yeah. No, I mean, we, yeah, this is like, we, I think, yeah, it was the evening and, and then it's like, okay, sure. Let's put it on. So like I put it on and we're sitting there in kind of like the dark basement, you know, with like the Christmas tree in the corner watching Vampire D Bloodlust. But the sh- <laughs> but but like they were wrapped with attention and they were like, whoa, what the fuck is this? And like every single moment of that movie was so engaging. It like cut through all the bullshit. And by the end of it, we were all still sitting there watching it. And my mind was blown. I was like, this never happens. This could be a this is the least appropriate thing to watch on Christmas. But I think that's kind of what made it great. And then the next day when we were running out of things to do, my brother's like, can we put that movie back on again? And we watched it again. And and it's just a testament to two things. One, you kind of never know what's going to get people excited. Like my mom, who was already like we had experiences growing up watching Disney Afternoon and Warner Brothers cartoons and all this other Disney stuff together. when we were growing up. She knew I always loved cartoons. And my dad was like the kind of guy that like took me to a wrestling match, but didn't like get it. But he was ready to like be there for me because he knew I liked it. Right. But yeah. for some reason, the adventures of Vampire Entity Bloodlust about a half vampire hunter who hunts other demons, uh, and it's like a road movie essentially about them trying to track a kidnapped woman who got captured essentially by like Techno Future Nosferatu, and everybody's <laughs> excellent, hot. Excellent. Everybody's hot. Everybody looks really languid and emaciated. Uh, everybody has beautiful hair, uh, and it's very gay. And then very sinewy. Yeah, very sinewy. Um, and um, but it's the same director as Ninja Scroll, Yoshiaki Kawajiri, and it the action's really good, and the visuals are fun, and the music's very kind of like classical cinematic bombast, and I think it just cut across these lines. So 
all that to be said, when you think about anime, if you think about one or two things, like a Cowboy Bebop or a Dragon Ball Z or a Naruto or um, or Akira, right? And you think about these broad examples that most people are familiar with, you have to understand one thing. Anime is kind of built to surprise you. Like it's it's designed, regardless of what iteration or what form it's, it's meant to be in, it's meant to give you something uh, different and surprising. And I think that mm-hmm. that's philosophically where, I, where I've kind of come from is like when I was growing up, it was like I grew up watching stuff on like Toonami and Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing. And I'm about, I'm about to throw out a lot of proper nouns, but like essentially the beginning of it. Was, yeah. And like Blockbuster Video, like going to the anime section where it's like. They had the streamlined pictures dub of Akira, which was like a bad English dub and all this stuff. Um, But that's like kind of my first exposure to all this stuff. And if you don't know anime in general, it's just like it's animation that's produced in Japan. That's one broad way of saying it. Another thing is that people are going to say it's a stand in for like stylisms you know where it's like the limited animation for some of the shows where like the characters barely move you know they're talking yeah. about speed I racers mean, or something. there are some broad very broad like hallmarks of the medium mm-hmm. but that'd be like saying all comics are the same and they're not <laughs> you're you're and there are also yeah. western shows that use the stylistic tropes of anime but i guess technically wouldn't be yeah, it, yeah. So um, when we talk about, yeah, I mean, obviously, ask me questions at any time. I'd rather yeah. just I think, have you guys. I think once upon it. a time, it was probably more saying it was an art style was probably more correct. But in with it becoming more mainstream and modern shows, a lot of them picking up that style because kids who grew up watching anime are now animators, and these are the styles that they like. You know, yeah, so it's not and, and necessarily it's, as relevant anymore. Uh, Exactly. And and I'm I'm jumping around a, a little bit, but in answer to your question, Brandon, like yeah, it um it it is all about um this kind of it's it's a medium. It's not a genre. And like uh what what influences things one day, like just a little history lesson. So anime is mainly derived as like animated shows um of what was originally manga or black and white comics typically. And so it was adaptations of comic book properties and they animated them. They put them on TV. And the first one that was like fairly prominent as far as like the genesis of what we know as modern day TV anime was, uh, um, Tetsujin 28. Uh, I believe I'm going to like get raked over the, Oh no, it was Astro boy. We can talk about Astro boy, but that was Osama Tezuka. And he was like a very prolific manga artist, manga artist. And, uh, and then, you know, they made this black and white TV show, very limited animation, but they found a way to make it work for the budget. And the reason why the origin and being from manga, manga is important is because the limited frames were meant to sort of represent the panels of a comic. So the shot composition oh. was was way more purposeful. They were like, well, we'll maybe have the arm move barely and we'll have these rushing lines but we're just going to use the tropes of manga. So when people watch the show, they're not going to be taken out of it because they're like, oh, it's like the comics moving. So they they just took the visual language of manga and they put it on. And now, eventually, anime developed some of its own visual tropes and things. Uh, but it all comes from the idea of having shorthand ways of showing embarrassment, the teardrop over the head, uh, the big vein in the forehead. That's all from comics. 
and Tezuka was influenced by Walt Disney, and that's why all of his characters have these big round eyes. Those big round eyes later become stylized into multicultural plate-sized prismatic pools that in like '90s <laughs> anime took up like half a person's head, you know. And then and then Anna and Elsa were like, "We'll do you one better." And it's like, we, we, like, but what if we put these eyes on a fuck doll? And <laughs> I'm sorry, and and maybe it's just like. I know that it's meant to be expressive and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but there's like there's such doll quality to those characters and it's the sexualization of cartoon characters has always been there, but like anyway, we can get it that's a whole separate episode. Like, oh, it's all right. Yeah. I mean, I'll openly say that like my first crush was a cartoon character, like for sure. Oh, totally. Yeah, mine was Jasmine. And I I I said fuck doll is like an expletive, but like it's mainly just like, oh, these characters are attractive or they're appealing. But when you're like a little kid, you're just like, I like it. I just don't know why. Yeah. You know? No, you don't yeah. realize till till you get older. Actually, I was the last time I was watching Fairy Children, I, I saw this text from a friend that I sent a friend of mine the other day. I was like, oh, this old woman showed up and we've never seen her before. But I know she's going to be important because she still has the chest of a 20 year old. <laughs> yeah, it's like. It's and like I was her- right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like character design shorthand. Like, yeah. oh, don't worry if they have cool ass hair or a she's big got chest. the anime titties, so she's yeah. still important even though she's an old lady. Or if this anime boy is way too reticent, then you know he's the main character. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, so yeah, if he spends yeah if he spends a lot of time going, I mustn't, but I want to. Yeah, it's we're telling you how not special they are. That's how you know they're important. So, so. We're talking about a variety of, of, of packages, right? And before I kind yeah. of open it up to like maybe let's let me just talk to you guys about what things do you want to see and then we can go from there. I kind of think about anime if you're approaching it from a neophyte standpoint. Like I think this might be cool. I saw something on Netflix. I think I might be into it. Here's where I think you should think about it. There's certain shows that I call old school shows. I'm just going to list them off. And, and this isn't indicative of a, a comprehensive list at all because it's way no, too big. No, but they're, they're cool things that we are here to hear about your taste. Yeah. Please do not feel like people who listen to this show um, mostly know Brandon and I personally and know we're both idiots. No one here is expecting this to be definitive. You're fine. But I like you guys and you're smart. So. Uh, <laughs> well, um, thank you. Oh. So so, so, he, well, here, so here's your hit us with your definitive ultimate anime list. Oh, my God don't do this to me <laughs> we don't have we don't have two hours if you need the extra bandwidth i'll pay for it okay so what i think is is three different things old school current school and then what i call acceptable school so in the old school pile you have shows like akira everybody kind of knows that one post-apocalyptic feature film very groundbreaking excellent animation ninja scroll Super violent. Same director as Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust. I'd recommend both. Ninja Scroll has some extremely pulpy elements, and I'm not hand waving the, um, you know, the 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 obviously the content warnings for like uh, sex exploitation and and uh, uber violence. Like it's it's definitely of its time. Um, but just know that going in. But the the animation's great. The story is is clean, easy to follow. The action's awesome. Um, revolutionary girl utina which it's weird to say that that's like an old school anime but that was like 1997 like 95 97 like 95 was ghost in the shell 97 was um 
uh, flipping uh, uh, Evangelion. And I think it came and really hit the States in 97, 98. Um, and Revolutionary Girl Lutina was around 97. Same with Escaflone, a show I just rewatched recently. And like, I think holds up wonderfully, but it has some old school tropes to it or tropiness or silliness mm-hmm. to it that turned off uh, my wife, Emily, who like has seen certain anime that she likes. And then this one, I was like, this is one of my favorites of all time. And it always makes me cry at the end. And then she started watching like the first two episodes. Like, I don't get it. I think this is weird. The de- the art style is too detailed. And it's just it just goes to show you like. If you get bumped by an anime, do not feel guilty. Do not feel bad. It just didn't resonate with you. That's okay. There's yeah, hundreds there's of other plenty shows. Plenty more. Move on. Plenty more um, out there. Gundam is another one. I, I mentioned a lot of robot shows because Gundam is like the bedrock of like commercial anime where it's mm-hmm. like this was literally – Gundam was actually in a suite when, it, when, uh, Yosh, uh, when Tomino first came up with the story and scenario for Gundam, which is this long, epic – literally like a a a contemporary of star wars so it gets it shows you how multi-generational it is and it also shows you how firmament bedrock this story is to actually most japanese you know that would be familiar with like pop culture Mm -hmm. is like it's a it's a realistic quote-unquote show about a military combat between space colonies and earth and they have these big robots that became franchised into model kits and merchandise and the story is fairly simple to follow but it has a lot of players in it you know people now when they go back and watch it they're like oh it reminds me of game of thrones and it's like yeah it's just interpersonal it's just a lot of multi-layered interpersonal relationships and it's kind of the first big robot show we've had several big robot shows now yes and and that but at, that one was like critical in that it broke from you know in a sh- subgenre of like super robot would be like Modzinger Z and like Gigantor and Tetsujin 28 and the old school stuff where it's just a big ass robot. Mm-hmm. This was like, let's make the robots like that were coming off of a production line. And like, these are just literally pieces of military hardware. So it's still fantastical, mm-hmm. but it's about like a war story. Yeah. Um, and then there's spinoffs after spinoffs, right? Uh, other stuff I mentioned old school, like, I mentioned Fruits Basket. So Fruits Basket is like meant for a younger female audience. I Same watched with- that trailer and I was on, it was one of those ones where I was like, I was on board. And then when like the premise, like the actual like twist of the premise comes up halfway through, I was like, what the fuck? It's so cute, Beth. It is intensely cute. <laughs> All right. Um, but that's like a Ranma one half. Like it's a silly kind of like harem based show, but like, you know, the boys are cute and they're all emo like, but it's not like super drenched in it. It's just kind of very light and fun. And uh, it is every type of man that a young 12 year old Japanese girl would like think that is their favorite. Like the <laughs> bad boy, the older brother, uh, the one who's like kind of like my dad, but not really like they, they have like every single one of them is like a like non-sexually intimidating like boy (laughs) like you know they're all teens Um, exactly four teens um and so this is kind of like old school anime there's like old school stuff that sets up all these tropes i mean you could go on and on about it then you have and i'm just going to jump into like some current school stuff what do i mean by current school like this is these are shows that are in general like if you go on to netflix like you can find it right um and 
they run the gamut of of topic and title, but like Masaki Yuasa recently did uh, Get Your Hands Off, Easy Kozen, The Night Is Long, Walk On Girl, and Lou Over the Wall. So the last, oh, I really want to watch that. Yeah. So the last two are films. They're very easy to watch. Brilliant animation. I think Night Is Long, Walk On Girl might be one of my new favorite anime films of like all time. Uh, it's it's really well realized and it's fun and it's different and I think it resonates even with an audience that quote unquote wouldn't like anime. Uh, Get your hands off Easy Kozen is his first TV show. I haven't watched it yet, but I'd still recommend people watch it because it's three female protagonists that are trying to get into animation, and so it's an exploration of anim- of animation as a medium, while also just being kind of a fun down to earth show about three high school girls who are friends. Um, which is different than just Dragon Ball Z. Let's punch everybody, right? Like <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah. 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 Uh, I'd also recommend everybody watch Redline, uh, the film. I don't know what it, where it's streaming or if you have to buy the DVD or if it's on YouTube. I think you can find it out there, but it is it is in, an incredible visual feast, and the best way to describe it is wacky races, like Hanna Barbera's wacky races, but like sexed up ready to fuck and like these racers are all crazy and have different styles and they they brought on like multiple different animation teams to do different segments in this movie and it's a work of uh passion and it's excellent that I think, sounds f- fucking amazing dude redline more people should know about it like from the jump because it should be like akira like if it's like hey what's anime should i watch it Redline moves at kind of a breakneck pace in certain parts, and it's slow in other parts. The pacing isn't great, but Akira's pacing isn't great, and it's still heralded as a classic. I think Redline should be a classic. That's This is my stump speech, but like, it, it does everything right that you want to. It's a show that could only – it's a movie that could only happen with anime. I would definitely watch it. Um Man, guys, the list is really long. I'm just no, gonna jump but to the. This, I mean, this is this is <laughs> this is literally all just great. me monologuing. But I don't know. That's literally the the point of this show. Oh, okay. A lot of some of this older stuff too, though. Um, like Ask when I was me watching the, yes, please. When I was watching the Akira trailer, because that came out in like the 80s. I think that one thing that I think anime cer- certainly. I think is more known for in the broader sense, some of the things that have popped off like Akira, I think are very deeply based in that like cyberpunk aesthetic that I think that is one of those things that people now tend to associate with anime much more than anything else. Um, so, and I think yeah. they, I mean, they were, they were great. I mean, the late eighties was like the peak time for cyberpunk. <laughs> and I think that that's why anime reflects it. Like anime, like any genre or any medium, is going to pick up on things that are popular and they're going to push it forward. Like Akira is cyberpunk. Uh, Ghost in the Shell is super cyberpunk and even moving into what would become a major influence for the Matrix. You know, like when when you watch that, when you watch Ghost in the Shell now, like you'll be shocked as to how many things you're like, oh, who ripped this off? Like um, later on, I'm going to mention a director that like, directly influenced Christopher Nolan, if not admittedly, then by osmosis. And uh, I think before we started the call, Brandon, you mentioned Castle of Cagliostro. It was very well known that Mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg thinks that that's one of the best adventure movies that's ever been made, um, regardless of format. So... It's it's just like horny James Bond who can defy gravity. It rules. Yeah. (laughs) 
And it's multi-layered in terms of its visual presentation. It's bright. It's fun. And it's one of uh, Miyazaki's first directing works. You know, so it's, it's got it's that fluidity important. that his stuff has. That's really incredible. Yeah. It also like shows how much he tilted that character from the original comic who was tell about James Bond, but horny. I mean, hornier. First off, James Bond is always horny. James Bond was never not horny. And if anybody yeah, tells and you otherwise, they're lying. James <sighs> Bond is always horny. James Bond is also very much does not consider a woman's feelings in the majority of the actions that he no, takes. No, he does not. Uh, he does not. Including <laughs> problematic that time he, he AF, rapes you know? pussy galore straight. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Uh, and Lupin does the same thing. I mean, the thing is, I love James Bond movies. I'm not ever going to defend those parts of it. I can't. No. You know, it's oh, same. God, no. But, but it's like, but I, I take the parts that I like and I acknowledge it and I go, you know what? For what it is, this is what I like about it. And uh, and there it is, you know. But I, I think um, that's the same thing with Lupin. So you take a character like Lupin who's like, straight up rapey vibes all over the place, creepy rapey. And then like in the hands of Miyazaki makes him a forthright, but horny, uh, you know, thief with a heart of gold. Right. And, and it's like now in the modern interpretation, they've sort of done a, a, a meet in the middle version where he's definitely hornier on main than, than previous uh, animated versions, but he's a bit more harmless. It's a little, it's a little less, it's it's a little more toothless, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. The new but, series from a couple years ago, uh, is that the one you were talking about? I mean, I'm talking about any. I, I, the The most recent series that they've done is incredible. It, it, those it's so movies good. Are super enjoyable, yeah. OVAs and stuff. Um, so so the just like uh, just like American pop culture, you get reboots now with anime. So like when I talk mm-hmm. about Fruits Basket being old school, well, it had a 2019 reboot. You know, like Escaflone was never popular. It, they were never popular. But uh, <laughs> Escaflone, like <laughs> Escaflone in 97, like has in a cult Hooray following, forever. but they'll never reboot it. Like that was just a thing that happened. Right. Um, the other and wedding after wedding after wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one one really like low key old school fave of mine that I want to mention out there. If people are just on their Google, you know, they're 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 bing searches whatever they want to do uh cromarty high school and it's spelled c-h-r-o-m-a-r-t-i-e but that's a um a very low rent anime if you don't mind we probably will include a link to these notes you gave us in in the show notes and then people can look at the the links too yeah i'll finish i'll finish uh hyperlinking to trailers and visual stuff but i think it's a good list if like you're like what the hell and then we'll talk about where actually to go for next steps at the end but i'm just kind of tapping on everything um yeah i want to ask you guys actually let's open it back up what when okay. you think about anime and you go oh maybe i could watch more of it i think i might like it what um my question to you guys is like what kind of genre stuff do you usually go towards first naturally because there's probably an anime that matches that interest i'm i'm big on um, sci-fi stuff and like like heists and caper kind of stuff okay so if you're into heists and caper type stuff um there's a ton of different like mystery anime that do it lupon obviously does it um i haven't watched I th- much of that with him but i'm aware of it yeah yeah um uh there's um there's a mystery anime that's 
really there's a lot of different examples. The most popular I think is uh Boy Detective Conan or Detective Conan. Mm-hmm. Um and that one is like it's very much in the spirit of a Sherlock Holmes or Hercule Poirot thing mm-hmm. where they do like the the unraveling part. Um but honestly, if you like heist stuff, one that I would give a shot to is um either Kaiji Ultimate Survivor or okay. um there's a show by the same author that's about gambling and I'm and I'm losing the name right now. But I personally like Kaiji because it gets super dark, but this show has moments that are so tense and all about plotting and planning and figuring out how can I undo the game that's being put in front of me. And it's incredibly good. I don't know what nice. service. I'm into that kind of shit. It's darker and it's kind of gritty, but it, and it's a little oh, silly because yeah. And the silliness of the character designs, but Kaiji is essentially about, and I'll just intro it to you. If, if you say you're interested is Hell about yeah. a, a guy who's a lowly, um, Japanese dude he's like kind of like a waste of space right he's a Gen Xer type like of that stereotype where it's like laying about doesn't have any direction in life a little bit you know it's like an intersection between a Gen X millennial thing but but Japan Mm -hmm. has this mentality and this is this show is a bit of a social commentary it's very much social commentary but about a lost generation of people people that feel disenfranchised economically they don't have a lot of upper mobility or they're wasteful and spendthrift kaiji's obviously a gambling addict and he doesn't know mm-hmm. how else to live so every episode of kaiji ultimate survivor is about him getting into a further escalating dangerous gamble where at first it's about he's going to lose a bunch of money well now we're going to like you know you're going to like we're betting against you being like a servant for your life and now we're betting against you, like, losing your life. Now we're oh. betting against you, like, having a small drill go into your inner earlobe if you Jesus. make the wrong bet on a game of cards. And the So thing, just like a succession of bad choices. It's a, it's, a, it's a collapsing accordion on fire falling down a staircase. Like, that oh. is, that is like, the – and it's, it's, it's that gif of Donald Glover on Community with the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pizza but and the fire, yeah. It's incredibly engaging and it's and the visual language of it is so exquisite. Um, there's a part that I link to and it's not really a spoiler because out of context, you're like what the hell's going on? Like it, it, you see nothing that would be a spoiler, but he gets himself into this gamble where, hey, simple gamble or, or challenge. If you want to win the money and you want to participate because all these people are like in mega debt, like they're in like life shattering debt and they Mm -hmm. take on this game to go on this private yacht where all these rich people are. And essentially it's like, this is where the social commentary comes in that the rich are forcing these poor people to gamble in order to like save their lives essentially. And it's (laughs) like, it's, it's intense. Let's see what the fiction is. Right. Um, But at this certain point, Kaiji's forced into a game in which you have to cross a small beam from the top of one skyscraper to another. That's it. That's all you have to do. And that doesn't sound easy, though. (laughs) It doesn't sound easy. And I think for two or three episodes, it is an exploration of chance. It's an exploration of the human condition. and, And it's an exploration of like mental strategy. And all the game is is like. What is it that you have to do to psych yourself in or out of a situation? And how can you see a glint of hope even when things seem hopeless? It's inc- To me, it's incredibly yes. powerful, but it's really cool. So 
right. And then, and then check there's that one out. Yeah, you got to see that one. That there's real good. There's also what about you, like, Brandon? What yeah, do you gravitate Brandon. towards? Yeah. Well, you know, I I tend to gravitate towards comedy a lot of the time. Um, and, and that I think has been something I've always sort of struggled with in anime is just like, it feels like there's an extra cultural divide, uh, or just like an extra step of cultural abstraction that has made it hard for me to connect to, uh, comedic anime that I've, that I've seen. Though I did watch three or something episodes of One Punch Man, which, uh, was really funny. Um, but aside from that, I also tend to just like things that are like musical and kind of stylish. All right. Well then I've got a perfect show for you. Uh, it's called space dandy and the, I was literally about to ask you what, what's the space dandy thing on your list? Cause that sounds right up my alley, dude. Okay. So I'm going to mention two shows. I'll mention space dandy first and then kill a kill. Um, space dandy to me would be right up your alley, Brandon. The, the music is great. Uh, every episode is like kind of a different art style, different approach. They literally got people that if you looked in the IMDB of their credit list, you'd see that they were either a, a, a character designer or an animation director or somebody that was on the come up and they gave them an episode and said, do whatever you want. And every episode it's, it feels, it feels more like an anthology series. It doesn't have like a through line, but there's something for everybody in that show there's there's a whole musical episode that's a parody essentially of Greece um there <laughs> is there's an Excellent. episode that is a, a a bottle episode essentially about being stuck in your hometown in a groundhog day like scenario starring a cast of anthropomorphic cats there's um there's an episode that's like straight up like a dire law and order thing there's a there's um there's a two-hander episode where Dandy, you know, tries to save or rescue this young alien orphan from somebody and learns a little bit about life. There's an episode where the characters die and they have to find their way back to life. There's an episode where they are just trying to it goes in so many directions, but the basic conceit is the series director or whoever came up with it was um Oh my God! Why am I rem- why am I forgetting it? It's the director of Kids on the Slope. It, he was the director of Cowboy Bebop, uh, not oh, not Shoji Kawamori. Yeah. That's the Bandai stand-in name. But uh, uh, anyway, it's the same director as Cowboy Bebop. It's the same director as Kids on the Slope, and uh, the same director of uh, uh, two Sun. I want to call it Sunday and Tuesday, Carol and Tuesday, which was the Netflix show that's been getting a lot of buzz, which is all about music. But he. Oh, yeah, I watched the first one of those. It was pretty good. Yeah. So, Space Dandy is this director using his clout to essentially hire all the people that he thinks are cool that are working in the anime industry, and he gives them episodes. And the conceit of every episode is it's a dandy guy in space. Literally, his name is Space Dandy. And he has his, his friend Mew, who is a big cat that looks like a cross between like a fish and a cat, and he's wearing like overalls and then their robotic friend who's a vacuum cleaner as well as like the main ship computer and it's the three of them and they go on madcap zany adventures sometimes it's horny on main but it's very harmless and every episode is like what where can we go next space is a big wide open thing and they're pursued by a anthropomorphic monkey man wearing a british parliament wig 
inside the head of the Statue of Liberty that has a ball gag in its mouth. It's like someone invented a show for Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Literally every word of that sounded amazing and then just kept getting better. Yeah. So I, so think I know what we're a... watching in our house tonight. Yup. Dude, honestly, and Space Dandy changes tone rapidly from episode to episode. So even if one was like, ah, that wasn't my favorite, just watch the next one. And it's going to be totally different. Every single thing's going to kind of blow your mind. And I hope more people check it out. It was also um, historical because it was the first simulcast release of an English and Japanese dub, both in Japan and in America, because... People of Bebop so much, they just were like, hey, you're doing another show? Great. We'll give you all this money. Just do it. And uh, But then it got kind of like mixed impressions at first because people were like, this isn't Cowboy Bebop. But then now that there more time has passed, I think more people are discovering it and being like, wait a second. This person that was the animation director on this episode ended up doing this amazing thing for wolf children or whatever. You know, like you, you just like find out so much more about how like – this show is where everything that you like today, like, got its come up. So. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I could go on to, like, kind of the next steps recommended list or I could yeah. talk more broadly about. Yeah. yeah. I guess I could. Um, guys, anime. I don't know if I've done a good job this episode at all. Like this has been this has been fantastic. Uh, it's it. I guess I guess like. If you haven't tuned out, it you can see kind of how big and broad this gets. I want to talk about a couple things, though, again, for the neophyte. Somebody who's listening to this episode going, man, I'm hearing a lot of proper nouns. I'm not hearing – and I heard a little bit of why some of these shows are juicy. But what's really going on out there? And, and, and here's what I want to say to you. Right now, a hot show that's happening is My Hero Academia. That's a show that I think is very watchable, but I think it's interesting for two reasons. The first is – it's been an American crossover because it deals with um, the presence of like Marvel shows and DC shows, superhero fiction, super huge. Everybody knows the tropes. My Hero Academia is sort of like, let's boil those concepts down. Let's put it into a realm in which we're following a very large cast of characters. There's there's some central points of contact, namely our lead and his mentor, who is essentially the Superman of that world. Um but it's like they look at all these tropes of superheroics and they go, how can we make this resonate for a modern audience? How can we make it feel like Harry Potter in that? Like, it's a collegiate setting, you know, like they're all learning. Uh Oh, you know, and like, how can we how can we bring this stuff to the to the to the modern age? It's bubbly. It's fun. It's quick. It's easy to consume. Um, but it also I want to kind of say that it is not the first show that does this. If if you watch My Hero Academia and you go, I love it. But it's very Shonen Jump. And by Shonen Jump, I mean there's a style of shows, Shonen shows, a Japanese word for boy, that shonen is the Jump Dragon was Ball a Z. Yeah, well. a magazine, a comic magazine. And it's like yeah. when you think of Dragon Ball Z, when you think of Naruto, when you think of Yu Yu Hakusho, any of these shows, they follow these quote unquote Shonen tropes. Even a show like Food Wars that is all about like cooking follows these tropes this this setup of like it's the tournament arc it's the new big bad and like there's always like cliffhangers like it it's formulaic and that's kind of what i mean by it's a shonen show so it follows this formula but it's very digestible but it's not the first show that tackled superheroics if you kind of like it but want something different i'd recommend tiger and bunny 
And Tiger and Bunny is a very cool take on superheroics, visually very great. Also, the the homosexual energy is way higher in this show. So hell yeah, you probably if, if for those of us of the of the of the LGBTQ whatever persuasion, you could probably find some subtextual <laughs> elements that you can sink your fanfic teeth into. But um, but Tiger and Bunny kind of did this with a uh an old school hero and a new school hero and what if corporations directly sponsored heroics and uh it, it's visually very fun and very fast and it, it examines more about like what it means to be a hero but i think it does it in a, in kind of a cooler way than my hero academia my hero is definitely fun but there's some stuff that's so regressive in terms of like where they're picking up and dropping their female characters that makes me upset but that's okay I still think the show's enjoyable and the female characters still get a lot of shine, but it's like, it's my little dream as a Western audience for shows like my hero and tiger and bunny and other anime where it's like, and I think with the new generation of directors, we're getting more egalitarian. It's like having more fully fleshed out female characters that feel that they stand on their own. They're not the uh, side piece to anybody. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, speaking of characters that are well-realized and female, the Night is Long Walk On Girl is incredible. I just watched it for the first time two nights ago. I would definitely recommend that. I would definitely recommend um, Dragon Pilot on Netflix. It's a show. <laughs> I won't explain The Night is Long Walk On Girl. I have to explain Dragon Pilot. It's essentially a anime about it's Top Gun meets cute cartoon dragons meets female coming of age story. And it's about a young woman who didn't have a direction in life and just wrote down, I want to be an air pilot. I want to be a fighter pilot. She goes to the self-defense force in Japan and she finds out the hidden secret is that you're not going to be piloting a a fighter plane. You're going to be swallowed by a dragon and then pilot that dragon from the inside. But that dragon is also playing pretend as a fighter plane. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So it the, <laughs> sure, it's sure, bub- sure. The art style super cute. It's bubbly. It's fun, and it it nails beat for beat like every modern day like female pro tag. I've got to find myself thing. It's about a boy, but it's definitely not about a boy. It's about finding inner strength, but it's also about isn't it funny if a dragon poops a girl out of its butt? And sure is. It, it goes to every <laughs> length to to tie in. Social expectation, religious formality, um, gender politics, and I think it handles it all pretty well. And it's really endearing, and the English voice cast is excellent. So Dragon Pilot on Netflix. Uh, last two recommends. Uh, uh-huh. I want to go. I want to go super uh, violent for this one. Devil Man Cry Baby, which is also on Netflix. I this feel is like mas- that one I've heard of. <laughs> this this is Masaki Yuasa. This is the same director that I've been talking about a lot, but I mainly mention them because I feel like they're doing a, a lot of cool stuff. This is a great show to watch because it's a reimagining of an old school Japanese OVA, um, which is Devil Man by uh uh oh my god, I'm dropping the name. Tell people Ian. what an OVA is. They 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 wouldn't like know him, but it's like he he invented he invented a ton of stuff. But anyway, it's uh-huh. a reinvention of an older show, but it's made for a modern audience. It's definitely horny on Maine. There's explicit <laughs> sex in it. There's di- there's dismemberment. There's demons. There's a lot of 
stuff that touches on sexual politics. It's also gay as hell. Uh, the two main guy characters like are very close to just being lovers. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's very, it's very visually impactful and super pulpy. So again, content warnings for that stuff too, but it's really engaging. Um, and then, uh, one that is super approachable that made me cry at the end of it, because I just realized like what a love letter this is to cinema is paprika. Mm-hmm. Paprika is a movie. And it's a little bit mind bendy, but if you don't think about Christopher Nolan the entire time you're watching this and thinking about how much shit he ripped off from this film, maybe inadvertently or advertently, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not saying like he's a rip off artist. I'm just saying like, if you've seen uh, Inception, uh, you might recognize some stuff in Paprika. Uh, it's an incredible movie and it's by Satoshi Khan, who is a director that essentially made like five films that are perfect. And then he sadly left us uh, too early. Um, but he, um, the Paprika is amazing. It's about dreams. It's about technology that interfaces with dreams and, and people's ability to dive into those dreams. And it's a bit of a character study of a detective who sat his dreams to the wayside to, to, to pursue something practical. But it's also about the you know ineffable nature of what our reality is and how our real lives reflect how we think about ourselves in our, in our own heads. Uh, and it's, and it's gorgeous and it's, and it's well edited, well shot. There's a lot to, to love about it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I could keep going on. I just watched B stars. Uh, I'm only mentioning that because a, I'm a furry B. The show is also very horny on Maine, but it's a great, (laughs) it's a great drama. And I think it reflects the best realization of newer 3D animation techniques reflective of a 2D anime style. So okay. if you're if you're down for a quick 12 episode watch, I think Beastars is a pretty easy recommend. It's a little bit of a spoiler for uh, for a show that we're going to do um, later with Super Dating. But anyway one day one day in the distant nebulous future when we're all allowed to do shows again when we're all allowed to touch each other um Mm. so guys that was really rapid fire but i i hope i gave a a bunch of just this is what i'll say to to close at least this part of it is to say that you have to know that what makes things interesting to me is that how D D and comic books have been extremely accepted in the mainstream and I think anime has as well, but I still think it suffers from this idea of it's that weird anime thing. And I hope that what you've taken away from our discussion or some of my monologuing is that there is so much out there that unfortunately the only thing separating you from a show that you might really like with anime is just a pinch of research. But we're living in the age of the internet and it's easier than ever to find those things. So and if you want really to know more, yeah, if you want <laughs> me to give you recommendations and you want me to like talk to your audience, they can follow me at yeah, Sam Weller, Y E A H all one word on Instagram or Twitter. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to talk your ear off more about this stuff, but Hell you'll yeah. find your, find your tribe, find your show. Anime is worth watching. I think you might be into it. Nice. Well, thank you, Sam. I didn't even have to prompt yeah, you to amazing. tell us where to find you on the internet. Um, I don't know if there's... Any, are you guys doing anything with the Twitch? Do you have anything to plug if it's still happening? This is probably not coming out for a while, but... 
I know. I but I I definitely know that you'll find us. Actually, probably by the time this comes out, we will be on Twitter finally. Um, I'm gonna start that. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook at Super Dating Simulator, all one word. Um, an interactive comedy experience. We happen still every fourth Friday at 8 p.m. Uh, but we're just finding different ways of doing that. Whether that's on the Pack Theater Twitch channel, or our own Facebook, um, our own Facebook page, going live. Uh, to all the fans out there, but we were, I, I mentioned a lot of, you know, romantic energy in this episode, whether of the horny kind or the, or the, the crush kind. And that's what our show's about. It's always about love. It's about inclusivity. Uh, we're very, um, we're very about, you know, the humanity. And a lot of, yeah. And a lot of their recurring cast is, uh, you might recognize some former guests of this show and, uh, also they're fucking talented as fuck, dude. You have a great cast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah it's wild. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot, guys. Um, well, do, what what do you guys think? Are you guys excited about anime? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, anime has always been a a thing I've been curious about, but I've never quite known where to go. So like, I've started it and watched it in fits and starts, but now I feel like I actually have like, you know, sort of a game plan on how to find something that might be. And that was you know, that was not a bit for the show. A, a cut. Guaranteed, he's gonna go look up space dandy as soon as we hang up. Oh, I already, I've already googled. He's it. already googled it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That's what we're watching in our house tonight. I, I'd say that again for people that are looking for those conduits, looking for those ways to get into things. You either find it on social media and just you start with the show that you like, right? You start with one thing you found, and then you just kind of let it take you from there. As far as like mainstream outlets, I don't, you know, Anime News Network was originally where I went all the time. And when I was growing up, we had magazines, we had Animerica, we had New Type USA. And that, and, and, you know, for a lot of people was Toonami. You had to have, and, and still to this day, you know, Adult Swim, Toonami, they, they still purport, uh, anime to the mainstream. But I think now for a lot of people, it's, Netflix, it's Hulu, it's Crunchyroll, it's Amazon Prime. You can find anime that are very good and prominent on all those services. The thing is, when you start diving in deeper and you go into the old school anime or you go into the other realms of anime, then you'll have to do a little bit more research and dig, maybe buy some DVDs, maybe buy some Blu-rays. But um, there's always a ton of people that if you say, hey, I like this, but I'm looking for more like it, You'll open the floodgates. It, yeah, it is easier than ever. Yeah, because people want people to yeah. like the thing they like. That's kind of our whole premise here. So we all yeah, want people just to let people yep. like stuff. <laughs> and 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 I'm safe to talk to on Twitter. I know that there's a ton of people that it might seem like they're going to bombard you or it's weird or you don't really know where to go. I'm just going to say, like, I think there's communities of anime fans that are of every stripe. You know what I mean? Every stripe yep. and background. So even if you're if if you're from a particular background or if you have a certain stint on things that you like to have in your media, I think yeah. you're gonna find a group of people that will like anime the same way that you like anime. Because again, it's a medium; it's not a genre. Hell yeah! All right, Brandon, go for it. Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, you can find me across the internet at Hell Yes Brandon on Twitter, Insta, SoundCloud. Uh, Inkblot has a demo. Uh, up on SoundCloud and some of our some of our live sets up on YouTube, which I think are a really good way to get the feel for what our shows are like uh, now that we can't have them. Um, 
and I've got a song on Joey Cliff's uh, 50 States project where he crowdsourced 48 albums of uh, music about the states that Sufjan Stevens didn't cover in his project. <laughs> that is maybe one of the dumbest things I've ever been involved with. Uh, you can find Deep in the Fart of Texas on the Texas EP. I can't wait From to the listen. Our 50 States project. It's so dumb. It's so dumb, you guys. All right. I've got, I could I've not got, be prouder uh, of it, but it's so I'm excited so dumb. to listen to it. I know it's going to be awesome. I also have some tracks coming out for that. Oh, you have Ooh. some of them on there, too? Oh, nice. Yeah. Which ones not, are you on? Not, not yet. Time... I've yet to be well, revealed. But by the time, oh, I don't want to. Uh, I want to say it, but I don't know when the timing is. I mean, I'm guessing okay. you guys. We'll, we'll cut it well, out okay. if it's. Yeah. If 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 it's already been released, which I'm sure it will actually by the time this comes out, uh, I would say look at the Missouri album. I've got two songs on Missouri album, and I've got a couple others in some other states uh, that I don't know if it revealed yet or not. But look well, for Sam Weller. Keep keep an eye out on Joey's project and look for Sam Weller songs. All right. Uh, you can find me everywhere online at bscores underscore after that. B-E-E-S-C-O-R-E-S with an underscore. You can follow the show on Instagram by following the Intuit Pod hashtag. And you can follow us on Twitter at, at Intuit Pod. We also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash Intuit Pod. If you are, you know, one of the people still using Facebook. I basically just use it for cat photos. Uh, and yeah. yeah, thank you as always to Camlin West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. She's also still out here doing good work, putting out new music and you should check her out. Uh, and with that, Brandon. Uh, yeah, Sam, thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm sweating. I feel so am I because so, I have so to- am I. It's hot. It's hot here. It's hot. It's hot in these streets. Overnight, it became ninety degrees in LA. (laughs) Yes, it sucks. It was like sixty, like two days ago. It's bad. And uh, and and when when I start talking about anime, I get hot. I just get I get internally combustible. I'm just locked in the bedroom because of the noise bleed issue, and I can't open the windows in here. It's really hot. (laughs) Thank you you both. That's how I feel when I talk about fish. Thank you both for having me on here. I really had a great time. And thank you for, again, this is me being self-conscious, but I think it's okay here on this show, is I do feel like I talk people's ear off. And I know I can do that. And I know that's who I am. And I just hope it was We're here for it. We love it. It was great. And, yeah, we'll include the link. You are literally the perfect guest for this show. And we're going to include the, yeah, we're going to include the link to your notes in our show notes so people can check that out. Thank you, guys. Thank yep. you, Sam. So, yeah, um, all of that being said, the Evangelion uh, King of the Hill intro on YouTube is the best anime ever, period. Show over. Show over.